You're listening to the Moments of Clarity podcast by Six Seconds Europe. Hello, my name is Fergal O'Keefe and you're very welcome to the podcast. Everyone has a light bulb moment in their life that leads to change and life-changing events is a very topical subject as we come out of the pandemic and the world experiences new conflict. This emotional intelligence podcast has a simple premise that elicits some fascinating insights from our guests. Every Wednesday, I will be asking a special guest for their moments of clarity that contributed to changes in the course of their life journey. This season, the podcast will feature global experts on emotions, change and leadership, sharing real-life experiences and how they've used emotional intelligence to see the world and themselves more clearly. For more information on emotional intelligence and 6 Seconds Europe, visit our website 6seconds.org-eu. This podcast is all about change and I would say a huge moment for all of us is the invasion of Ukraine by Russia. Last week I talked to Oksana Lemonishka on the first episode and there she shared her harrowing story of fleeing Ukraine on the first day of the invasion and how she became a refugee in Germany. Today we are talking to Svetlana Kalitsyn who is also a Ukrainian who is based in Vienna. Svetlana shares her experiences of the first few weeks of the war with the worry of having family still living in the country and how she reacted by fundraising and helping her fellow Ukrainians. Svetlana is a lawyer and negotiation specialist with the Negotiation Academy in Vienna. She's also a lecturer and contributor to Forbes magazine. Svetlana talks to us about the skills and tools she teaches to master the challenging change. We also chat about the resilience of the Ukrainian people and how we can support them in their time of need. Hi Svetlana, you're very welcome to the podcast. You're in Vienna, you're from Ukraine, but you're based in Vienna. Hi, thank you for having me. Yes, I am Ukrainian, lived there till, till I was 17 and then came to Vienna to study and like the city a lot. So I finished my law uh, studies and stayed here as a lawyer. So I'm based in Vienna, but Ukrainian by heart and um, everything. <laughs> so it must be very difficult being away from Ukraine at the moment. I mean, you it's good for my view of you feeling safe, but it must be very hard emotionally being away from the country at this time. Well, it's a constant, constant situation of stress. So we all are under pressure. It's 26th day of the war, of invasion of Ukraine um, by the Russian troops. And it really is. It really is stressful. It's, uh, yeah, you know, we try to function around the business as usual and uh, keep our children safe and actually explain to them that it's a little game or something to take this pressure off them but everyone is very very stressed I, I cannot tell I cannot imagine what what are the long-term um, results out of this whole problem and are you finding that difficult now as, as the weeks are going on from a point of view of stress and tiredness that it's very hard functioning yeah absolutely it's like you've got to live your own life. Everything has got to run somehow because you need to function. So like in the end, it's like in the air, on the airplane, you've got to put the masks on yourself and then on the others. So if something bad like this happens, so you've got to, to control your own system. So I don't know, sleep, eat and, and everything. You've got to function to stabilize everyone. But 
uh, the news are so hard. So it's it's like being on the conscious conscious attack. It's psychological attack. It's not the physical one, but it's a psychological one. And have you got family and friends in the Ukraine at the moment? Yes, yes. I have a lot of family back there. Yeah, my father is there. My sister is there with uh, three little children. They 11, 13 and 7. Um, the, the family are there. I have many friends. I teach at the University of Lviv, Lemberg. So I have many colleagues there. I was actually, I, would, I was supposed to be there t- today and actually oh, until yeah. the end of April. And I was supposed to bring my uh, Austrian friends to see how beautiful Kiev is because they got, they got a lot of information uh, from me and they really wanted to go there. It, was, it used to be a party metropole and actually the place where you can get a huge and great quality of everything. So good DJs, good concerts, good performer, performers and good good energy so it was the first travel with my friends that we have planned uh, all together with my business trips uh connected to to go to kiev that is not happening so that's something i found very you know strange or something i, I can relate to is you know i i see reports like i saw one person who was saying the week before she you know, lived in the in the arty side of Kiev and was going out for Friday night drinks. And now she just had one bag and one pair of jeans at the border. She was a refugee. And it just seems so strange, you know, like a, like a normal world, a European country and for it to change so suddenly. Yeah, that's a tragedy of everything because there are many refugees right now. I go to the meetings of refugees. I try to help as much as I can in Austria. And basically everyone that I know no one was expecting that no one was expecting that it's going to be in this uh, in this proportion and people usually they don't want to stay somewhere like even even the refugees that are here to save the little children by the way it's it's usually women with little children or pregnant women who have who flee and they usually say I don't want to stay here I don't even want to register and go get the the little money that I mean money it's mm. it's amazing uh, go get the support because it's so difficult for them emotionally to understand and actually cope with the with the reality with the harsh reality of that your home is going to be destroyed and everything just imagine you ha- you live your life you have your kids you try to be a good human a good person you have your house and you just go to work back and forth. You have family, you have friends. And out of sudden, someone is in a neighbor. Maybe you knew that neighbor is not all right or something. Uh, something is happening with the neighbor, but the neighbor is there putting putting arms in front of you and saying, okay, I, I'm going to take three rooms. No, I'm going to take four rooms and a kitchen and a bathroom. And now it's mine because someone has told me that Actually, my grandfather or his grandfather has told him that it's this part of part of your house used to be his. This is how we feel. And how do you feel towards Russians now? It must be very difficult. Oh, that's a million dollar question. It's a million dollar question. Um, I'm, my mother is a, a Russian um, ethically. She grew up in, in Ukraine, but her parents came from Siberia. Uh, when they were young um it's actually a, a funny story they got married and then they got on uh on the trans-siberian train for the for few few days on the on this trip and then they came to ukraine and then they stayed so actually those ethnical russians stayed there um 
and uh, yeah, my mom is ethnical Russian, but she she's uh, she's Ukrainian in the heart, and she's got a Ukrainian passport and everything. And actually, I do speak Russian language. I do have many Russian friends. I still uh, um, I still need I still need to say that I'm uh, I know Russian people are kind and nice. I don't know everyone from Russia, and it is very hard. I mean, I'm not at the war. I'm, I have not been to the borders. I have only. I try to do my best uh, from the distance to to bump this uh, to to help secure a little bit this whole situation. But it's it is really d- difficult to stay objective and to uh, not to hate the whole population. It really is difficult. It's psychologically it just is. But I'm tr- trying and working hard on on this whole thing because yeah. It's, and how how are your family coping and your friends now at the moment? Well, we try to function again, as I told you, put put this mask on yourself and then help the others. So um, how is my family? My family is uh, located in the west of Ukraine, where it's relatively safe. They have... Uh, um, they hear the sirens and they basically sleep in, in the in the basement. Uh, but they try to to do the usual work. And for example, my sister has taken 14 refugees, one, four refugees into her home. And uh, my nephew is is taking refugees and is volunteering with his wife together. My father has uh, uh, volunteered to become part of of the uh, military defense but he's 70 years old so he was not taking so he's uh, he's in in reserve um it's 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 just trying to help as much as you can and you know funny thing is that we used to be i mean um, education is quite high in in ukraine so we used to i mean and we are family of academia so we used to to, to talk about books, to talk about, not that much about politics, but about uh, meditation. We do meditate, all of us. We do uh, eat healthy and Ayurveda, uh, and use Ayurveda. Uh, my sister even built the house by Ayurveda things. And all that, all of that has just disappeared. Right now, it's just a basic conversation. Are you safe? Do you have enough food? Do you have enough drink? Can you sleep? Can you function? So that's that's how we cope. And how has it been for you then for the last few weeks? You know, you're a negotiation trainer for lawyers. Have you been able to use any techniques to help yourself get through at the moment? Mm, yes, but it, it it does help to stabilize because I see my role as stabilizing. I'm not I'm not at the war. I'm not in the country. I cannot even imagine what stress people are undergoing right now. Uh, but yes, being a negotiator. And uh, training negotiators helped me a lot with coping with all those emotions. So because you, you asked me before that, how do I cope with all this hatred uh, towards Russia? Um, I'm trying to to step down from all these obvious um, emotions that we have. We call it a position. We call it position. So if 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 I would hate someone, and it's going to be like my position and. Um, this is not going to bring me somewhere. So I'm trying to look underneath the position and see what are the reasons why why would someone want to 
invade another country? Why would why would a soldier actually kill someone? Because as you asked me, we are it's Russia and Ukraine are not that far far away from each other. We are not going. To, I mean, we we just one union economic economically. This is going to this is this is getting destroyed right now, but we we are not that far apart from each other. So it's it really is difficult to understand it with my brain what is going on in their heads, and why the hell would someone do that to a peaceful population? Because it's kids dying, it's elderly dying, it's people going with bare hands against against tanks. Do you feel a great pride? I know it might seem like a strange question, but I feel it for Ukraine. I just, what is it like for you? You know, like the personality of your country, the resilience and even the, the humour, you know, with Zelensky, like he's shown, you know, great resilience. He's shown great emotional intelligence, even humour. You must feel that great connection with the country, do you? Yeah, yeah. But I, but I'd like to separate the things, the pride and the connection, because I do feel very, very much connected. And I think this was possible. I mean, we got so much info, uh, we got so much informational support and so much support till now. So I'm very grateful to everyone who's listening, who's helping. Uh, please help, help. And um, it's it's amazing because we are a country of people who are traveling a lot. So we. <laughs> We do not just travel and go back, but we also move like myself. It's very, very common for Ukrainians to go somewhere else. And therefore, it's um, they educate us a lot. They put a lot of uh, intention into literature, into history. They give us a lot of education. It's very easy for a Ukrainian to go study. Uh, many people go to, uh, to colleges and uh, get higher education. And those people, they immigrate somewhere else. And now imagine them. Actually, like I, I feel like one third of the usual population of Ukraine lives somewhere abroad, and then then someone invades the house. So what do you do? You just call your family, your friends, whoever that is, and it might be an, an aunt in Austria, like my, like my nephew would actually text me from a bomb shelter, like screaming, "Ah, it's a sixth time! Ah, really? Like he was he was outrageous! It's a sixth time we hear the sirens! Help!" So he's texting me from from a basement in Ukraine because um, I'll, I just live somewhere else and of course me or someone else who's living somewhere somewhere else of course of course will be talking to the friends so um, this will actually answer to the question why do we get so much support and everything because there are so many Ukrainians outside the country and we try to hold to each other so yes this war has put us all together I also feel that this question is Ukraine, Europe or not Europe has already been answered by this yeah. war. Yes, we are Europe and we want to become uh, become official part of the European Union. And the pride, the pride is something different. It's I, I, I need to say it's 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 one integral part of yourself. So it's it's like. It's like having something it's when you when you're born, you have a, you have a name. You maybe have a nationality. You, you'll have a nationality. You'll have your family. This is how you, how I am actually seeing myself as as a human being. And then this pride is just. I think it's just a connection. It's it just being being part of this huge huge family that is spread all all over the world. 
that is holding all together. And yes, of course, I am very proud of my people and I'm very proud of, of Delensky. I need to, to um, confess, I was not the big fan at the beginning when he was about to become a uh, um, president. But I do agree that he is uh, proving great leadership skills right now and is, uh, he's doing an amazing job as well as every single person who's at war right now. Like even today I heard on the news and he was showing unbelievable uh, emotional intelligence because even though Russia are doing, you know, genocidal acts every day, he still said he wants peace and he wants to negotiate. And I think that showed an amazing character to say that. Absolutely. He says that in almost every speech of his, the, part of the, the official ones, that the negotiations are still going and peace is possible to signal that we can still work with that. We can still work this out and just in order to stop that. How do you try to stay positive? You know, when you're looking to the future, it must seem very scary. Like, How do you stay positive or how do your family, people you know, inside and outside Ukraine, are you able to stay positive? Well, I'm smiling right now. So I, um, I'm very happy that we, are, that we are talking about that right now, because by recording this podcast, we will be able to reach more people and reach more awareness to each other. I'm, I'm asking everyone who's listening to this to be aware to the next person, um, be it Ukrainian or Irish or British person or uh, someone from Mozambique, just by being kind to each other and uh, asking how other people, how do they need something, just by being open to people and actually being, uh, being present there. You know, I also feel that the society, I mean, in Austria, even changes right now also very, very much into the positive because people are very open-minded right now. People ask you questions. If you if you start um, looking for directions, someone will actually stop and um, help you with that. And um, yeah, so how do I cope? Meditation helps a lot to, to stabilize myself. And I'm the acting kind of person. I need to be active and... What we do is what we did from the from the second day of the war. We have uh, we have set up a fundraiser to help peop- uh, women and children. Now we're helping also um, animals that are fleeing the country. It's a fundraiser. If someone wants to support us, even with a small donation, it's going to help. And uh, be- because, for example, there are there are things that. Um, the zoos, local zoos, Kiev zoos and zoo in, in Mariupol, they, for example, they don't have visitors and therefore they don't have the income and they will soon not have the money and possibility to feed the animals. So, for example, those um, directors of the do, do, zoos, they also ask people to buy a ticket. And this is possible from, from everywhere. The ticket costs like $2, I think, maybe $3, $3. Um, and that's that's a little support that you can do. Um, what else do we do? We support children and women. We uh, donate to the shelter homes. From the first day on, we started sending um, sending humanitarian help. My brother is right now at the Polish border, trans- uh, transforming, uh, transporting all the goods to the borders. Um, we help people. 
get homes in Austria, register, find schools. And um, my personal today, today, what we did was actually to buy a sweater from Ukraine. Uh, that's a, that's an actually, a, yeah, that's a nice idea. Very little amount of people know that Ukraine has got good fashion industry. And right now we try to rebuild this industry. I mean, they are, some of them, they are not, uh, uh, they are located in the West of Ukraine. So what we do right now is to send the links to the online shops of those brands of really high class quality of uh, clothes, shoes, handmade shoes and uh, fine garments to be sold somewhere to, from Europe because every single dollar that is going to be spent on, on this amount uh, on, on, in Ukraine uh, is going to help the Ukrainian um, economy. And the post is working so they can deliver. They can deliver. Yes, I was surprised too. And I was talking to the brands that I'm supporting because I'm buying from there. And it's like, you know, you buy you buy a pair of shoes and it's like four years later, they are not changing anywhere. So then this is why I'm buying from, yeah. from that far, um, to be honest. And um, yes, yeah, so they can deliver from three to five days. And therefore, I'm asking my friends actually to, to spread the word. And right now it's spring. So maybe someone who's, uh, I don't know, thinking about buying a sweater, maybe would consider to buy the sweater from Ukraine and help my country. That's a great idea. Very practical. I heard another thing people... Uh, buying like nights on Airbnb for places in Kiev and places and the money goes directly to the people. That's another great yeah. idea. I love that, love this idea. Actually, this whole bias weather started from uh, from this because it was a huge help. And actually, people were texting the others, uh, the, the guests from the from the US who have bought the, bought the rooms in Kharkiv. By saying I will be happy to host you a little bit later when this is all this is all done. So there are many friendships that are happening, and just to tell the others, it's um, it does not need to be in money. It's of course every single dollar helps, and really it just the value that you would provide by any dollar that you send there. It's going to be huge because right now they really need it, and they really struggle with finding finding fuel fuel for example so mm. it's it's difficult or uh, everything that we can we can help with is fantastic but i'd like to um say that even just talk by talking to people and showing showing kindness is already a big help because um um i really think that a little help is way better than huge pity that's what you know like you know your your job like negotiation training i mean i was reading some stuff that you had written and you were talking about creating trusting relationships and that's the tricky thing now isn't it like with with russia that's going to be very hard isn't it no it is it is it really is hard um yeah creating trusting relationship in usual life and if 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 it's not the war it works in the way that you've got it's a, it's a process so you are not going to create trusting relationship of over the night you might signal that but it's not going to be the 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 long term one so usually it just takes time and effort and um support and collaboration between the two parties and what we see right now is those relationships that we had whether trusting or not trusting between russians and ukrainians are getting destroyed and this is alarming to me because it's no one is going to survive uh, secluded from the others. We are social creatures and we need need the support. And we, we should not forget that there are many ethnical Russians, for example, like my mother's family, 
who have uh, someone in uh, in Russia too. So it's it, it's not the people's war. It's a political war, obviously, and it just. Yeah. I just don't have an explanation. I cannot give you a big explanation for that. And ho- hopefully you've been feeling, and the people of Ukraine, that emotional support from the people in Western Europe and the, the kinship, the feeling of kinship with the country. As you said, the debate is over about whether Ukraine is part of Europe now. I think that's resolved. And I would hope that you feel that support and hopefully that we continue on doing that here in the West. Yes, I do feel that support and it's so wonderful. I would not, never get tired of saying thank you to everyone because every little bit counts. It's just every single person can prove that we can do something good to this, to, in this life. And if, if you get the possibility to buy someone a coffee, be it Ukrainian or not Ukrainian, just do it. It's, it's such a great pleasure. And this whole fundraising that we have started, started with the idea that my... Um, my sister-in-law my brother's uh i have a big brother and his wife was in ukraine when the war started so what what we did was actually inviting her uh to pick up the children and actually go to ukraine to us where we were and she packed this the bags i think during an hour and left on the same day of the start of the war on 24th of february and got stuck with two little children for one was seven and the other is five month old little baby she got stuck on the at the border at the polish border for for three days three subsequent days and this is the way that you don't get the shower you don't get to, you cannot wash your child and and the food was getting scarce and it's February in Ukraine, it's minus degrees, it's cold, and you don't know where where, where the, the ant is. And why we started this whole thing was actually that I thought, well, why don't I send her some money on online and they would just go, he, her and maybe or maybe some neighbors or someone would just go somewhere and go get drinks for everyone, or I don't know, a cup of coffee. Faith just pay a little amount of money but just show a little kindness of that and hopefully and thankfully enough to all the donors that we have um, until now we were able to do that so we were able to provide the money directly to the um, to the to the volunteers who were able to buy pampers for the little children because this these are the things that you really need and uh, warm food, provide drinks. Um, they would even put the clowns for the ki- children that would pass the borders because there are many kids who are there without children, uh, without parents, yeah. like crossing the borders alone because parents have died. That's it, yeah. Many, many pictures of that, really. Six, seven years old, just going through the borders alone because they, they need to... No, no one can do it with, without that, uh, yeah, with them. I saw one little boy and he was on his own crying, just walking along towards the border yeah. on his own, just crying to himself. Yeah. Now imagine how this person is going to live his life. It's a, it's a scar for the whole life. And most. In, most and, and that's going to be very important, I think, for going forward again, for support, for for all these people, you know, to help them psychologically to get through this. Mm-hmm. Take initiatives with the psychological help because I know a little bit about emotions. I mean, I hope I know that with my work and uh, all the emotional parts of negotiating. 
and communication. So there are there are hotlines. This is a fantastic thing that that already that that was possible. There are hotlines where you can um, put in your contact details, and then you will be called wherever you are in Ukraine or outside of Ukraine. You get to be a Ukrainian-speaking person, but you will get the call by uh, from a psychologist who will be supporting you a little bit. So there are there are many psychologists for that. There are many lawyers volunteering, supporting with paperwork. Oh, there there are so many initiatives. Unfortunately enough, it's it's we're living in a digital um, time, and maybe there will be some positive outcomes of that because. Right now, the things that, that we thought would not be possible are possible, especially in Ukraine. So thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thank you for this initiative. I hope you enjoyed our guest this week. I would ask that you please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so that a new episode will appear in your library every week. I would also really appreciate if you could leave a rating and a review so that others discover this podcast. Six Seconds is a global nonprofit dedicated to growing emotional intelligence worldwide. Our work involves supporting individuals, teams and organisations to develop and practice emotional intelligence to help increase personal and organisational effectiveness. For more information on emotional intelligence and how Six Seconds Europe can help you, please go to sixseconds.org eu. Take care and see you next week. You are listening to Moments of Clarity, Journeys with EQ by Six Seconds Europe.